good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman, and as always, with me today is Mr. Jake Peters. We are PS This Is Awesome, a PlayStation podcast, and this is episode 248. And uh, it's a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. So if you've never been here before, welcome, and if you are coming back, uh, thank you for joining us again for another discussion about PlayStation. Before we get on the show, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, youtube.com slash PS This Is Awesome. Visit us on Twitter at PS This Is Awesome. And if you want to make fun of our trophy list on the PlayStation Network, you can find me at anchorless underscore 81. And Mr. Jake Peters at jakesaw01. And as always, you can write our show at PS This Is Awesome at gmail.com. And most importantly, don't forget to share the show with your friends. Make sure they know we are out there. Make sure they know we exist. And leave comments. Rate our podcast as you see fit. Preferably stars, stars, as many as you can give us. And as a reminder, this is a video podcast. So you can watch our show if you want over on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe to that. And for new and or long-time listeners, we also have a Patreon. So you can support a show at a $1 level called the Patreon tier. It's called the one and only $1 Club. Head over to patreon.com slash PS. This is awesome. We become a $1 patron, and then we will send you a free vinyl die-cut sticker in the mail and give you a shout-out on our show. Jake, how are you doing today? Pretty good. I was just saying before we started the show that the clocks got turned back, so I fucking woke up at 6.30 and was just awake. Yeah. It's awesome. I love getting an early start to the day. So Sun's out. Um, I never – I always forget that it's happening until I woke up and I, like, the clock on my nightstand was like, oh, it's you know 7.30. And I was like, well, why didn't my alarm go off? And I looked at my phone and my phone said 6.30 and I was like, well, nice. So – but yeah, sun's out. Sun's out, so, bun's out. Good. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, it's like one of those things where like when, when, whenever we turn the clock backwards is when you, you have less sleep that night. I always have this weird tendency to be like wired the, the evening before without knowing that the clock's getting turned back. I was up to like 2 in the morning last night, and then I had my alarm set for 7. So I'm running on like 5 hours of sleep right now, but uh, it's mm. beautiful out. And, and for the listeners and for everybody – um, who maybe doesn't know, this is the last time we're ever turning our clocks backwards. Ever. They uh, they canceled daylight savings time. Yeah. So are we stuck in this forever, or are we going to turn them forward and then be done? No, this this is what we just went into is, is uh, Eastern Standard Time. So what it means is that in the summertime, it's going to get light out super fucking early and it's going to get darker earlier. So like – I mean to be fair, in the summertime, at least around here, like peak summer, it might not get fully dark until 930. And quite frankly, that's pretty fucking late. Um, So I'm not like – opposed to it the only thing that i hate that i really don't like about it is that it means that it the the transitional seasons like spring and fall it it means that it's going to be darker earlier so i'm going to have a lot more trouble getting like yard work and stuff done on work days because i'll get home and it'll be fucking dark outside yeah it'll start getting darker like four or five o'clock yeah so pretty Pretty interesting. Yeah, so that's history in the making. Here we are, uh, first episode in the new time of the, of the U.S. You know, here we are. 
We've time traveled and it's permanent now. There's no going backwards, friends. The time machine is broken. (laughs) So enjoy it. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, Yeah, man. So very cool. I uh, I don't really have a ton of just general chit-chat and that's fine. I, I did winterize the bike yesterday the motorcycle and i was like man today it's beautiful out again it's like man i just want to go you know the ride down to the gas station was awesome you know you get the the gas stuff and then you top it off you pour the stuff in the tank you do the other stuff to it but it's just like man i don't know do you run your tank empty is that how you do yours no i fill it up with uh with um treated gas yeah I, uh, ethanol free gas so like there's two ways you can do it you can you can run your tank dry mm-hmm. which if you have a fuel injected bike you just run it until it like dies mm-hmm. basically because there's no fuel if you have a carbureted bike you have to drain the the bowl of the carburetor and all that stuff if you're gonna do that right. um so what I do is I just because two of my motorcycles are carbureted is you could do it the other way which is fill it with either treated gas or with ethanol free gas and then basically you fill it up and then you run the bike and you just crank the throttle to get a bunch of gas like through the system yeah and then you're you're basically fine there i mean you're also supposed to before you put it away you're supposed to change the oil and clean the chain and do all that kind of stuff but um you know and i did all of that a few weeks ago unless you want to play fast and loose and just Take the chance the next year and just wow. Have you ever cleaned the chain on your motorcycle? <laughs> no, but I've had ProCycle look at it and they're like, it's fine. <laughs> I was like, all right, fine. I said, I don't want to mess with it, but like, <laughs> they're like, no, it's fine. And I'm like, I don't know. One of these days you're going to be going down the road and the chain's just going to fucking snap Ding. on you. Yeah, and I'm going to go, I'm going to endo over the bars <laughs> or some shit. <laughs> I hope that doesn't happen, but I mean, it's very possible. Like I said, I play a little fast and loose, but I did treat the gas tank. Um, or the gas in it, rather. But, yeah. So, anyways, yeah, there's not a whole lot uh, else going on in my life right now. We went and saw um, – we went to a concert on in Cleveland on Friday uh, at the House of Blues. Um, we went and saw Tegan and Sarah play. They were really good. I have opinions about bands. Um, they were great. I, I don't want to take anything away. They were, they've been doing it for 20-plus years. They were fun. Um, I also – decided that their their newest record would be they'd be a great opener for phoenix at this point like just their backing tracks like the synth and like the just the catchy dance beats and stuff they were really catchy um mm. i feel like they would have fit in great for like an opening band for phoenix but needless to say uh i'm sitting there they had one drummer who was fantastic you know live drummer and then they had a guy in the background i believe playing guitar most of the night and both Tegan and Sarah both sing, and they were playing guitar. Once in a while, Sarah would pick up a bass and play bass. But there were times where there was no bass guitar on stage, and they had the in-ears, you know. And then I could just, you know, you could hear the bass guitar. And you're like, I, I mean, come on. You guys are like world-class, you know, international touring musicians. Like, you can't have a bass player on stage. Like, you know, like, I don't know. That kind of stuff just annoys me. But they sounded great. I mean... I understand why bands do it because I've heard their new record and when they played those songs live, they sounded just like the record. So the musician in me and the performer in me is like, how much of this is actually 
being performed as opposed to just being played through a click track through the through the system. And I don't know. Sometimes sometimes they'll have like the the guitar tech play the bass backstage. That's true. Like while they're performing. So it could be it could be like you're saying it could be either a click track or it could be a guy off stage playing because I have seen that before too. It's usually done with things like keyboards and stuff like that, but yeah. you know, I wouldn't be surprised I wouldn't be surprised if uh if it was the case with bass too. I mean, mm-hmm. but to me it's like I've always been kind of of a mind with you where it's like, to me, it's like, if you can't play it on stage, then like, don't, I mean, it's one thing to make like a studio album, Mm -hmm. like the Beatles notoriously made music that you couldn't play on stage. But like, when you're touring it, either play a different version of the song that's tailored towards your stage performance, or just have all the fucking musicians out there playing all the, the parts. And it just seems – I'm with you. It seems kind of weird to me. Yeah. But I mean I, I think Phoenix it, is guilty of it too. You know, There's a lot oh, of I'm shit sure. in their songs. I mean there's so many bands that do it and it just brings about a broader question. It's like you know, are, are you just paying for the – to see these people on stage? Like I know all the vocals were live. You could tell. And they were spot on vocally. But I mean like there, there were just like – you know, and of course there are like do- blips and doodads that happen in their songs. A little more dancey. Like, like little noises, you know, it parts. And I'm looking around, and I'm like, okay, the guy's playing a guitar. They're both playing guitars, and then the drummer's going to town on the drums. And I'm just like, these sounds are just that's they were playing to a click, you know, obviously. And then it was just synced up. And uh, but I mean, I don't know. I I guess I'm of two minds about it. I think it's great um, because it sounds so good, and you know, when you go see a show like that, it's going to sound awesome. Like they're gonna they're not leaving anything out you're gonna hear what you hear on the record you know then it's like does it really matter that there's not a person standing behind a keyboard going bleep bleep, like hitting the buttons like does it really fucking matter i i don't think so i mean they wrote the thing but then at the same time the the musician and and the entertainer in me is like man you know like i'm we've we've paid money for these tickets like i want to see i want to see them recreate this thing that's that's the magic of music is the recreation of it and being able to do it right. I don't know. I'm, I'm right in the middle on it. Depends on the music, I guess, or the song, whatever, whatever the fuck. It doesn't sure. matter. All right, hey, um, let's get into some games we're playing now. I this is going to be maybe a curveball for people, maybe not. Um, I have been playing Hot Wheels Unleashed a little bit. I play that's what I was playing really late last night. These online games with people, and then uh, I did uh, I did play. And already complete Shadows of Rose, the DLC for Village. And mm. I also dove into RE-verse, which is the online component of Resident Evil that you can get if you purchase Village, I believe. The weird thing about RE-verse is I, it's only PS4, and when I downloaded it, when I bought Village, Reverse wasn't out yet, so it was just a placeholder screen. I downloaded this game, and it was like, oh, you know, come back later. So I deleted it, and then I went back onto the store to re-download it because I had heard that it was out, and I wanted to try it, and I clicked on uh, play on the on the store, and it just opened Resident Evil Village on my on my PlayStation 5. And I was like, that's not my game. Like, So then I had to figure out how to get Reverse back because I got it with a download code, so I had to go to my library... 
and I had to find the game there, and then I had to say download PS4 version, and then it restarted the download. It's the only way I could get it to work on my PS5 after deleting it. So that was kind of frustrating. Um, I'll talk real quick about both of those games. Shadows of Rose is – it took me a little over three hours to beat the the additional story content. Way more linear than 7 in Village. Way more linear. The puzzles weren't very difficult. There were some really creepy moments in the game. Some bosses that were like – like it's not even really a spoiler because I think they do it in the first game too in in Village. But there's like this this full size mannequin doll that has these glowing eyes, and uh, it's like a Boo Radley from Mario. If you turn your back to them, you hear coo coo coo, and then you turn around, and they're like frozen in space, you know. And like if you if you turn around too fast and for too long, they will kill you. It's instant death. They can't let them get to you. And you can walk right up to them and just stare as you walk around them and kind of turn your body. And uh, try to back out of doorways and stuff. But then, like, there was a part in that game where, you know, you finally figure out where the doors are. Because you can't turn to look for the doors because this thing's going to chase you down. So you're like, it was a really cool, like, stressful moment in the game that I really liked. And uh, you get through most of that and then you're like, okay, it's chasing me. I know that I know this building really well now. I'll just back up the whole way through. And then you hear behind you, coo, 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 and now there's another one. So now you have one in front of you, running back, of you, running back, of you, and you're like you're panicked, right? They did a lot of cool things like that, and uh, her special powers were kind of cool. It, it opened up a whole new kind of way to uh, more puzzle. It, it, they were used more for puzzles. Uh, you could uh, and it would blow something up. You had to get the right angle on like this plant thing in the ceiling. Multiple places they would hide these things and you'd hit them and then it would open up pathways. Um, and then the other way that your special power can be used in this game is if you get attacked by a monster and you have some of it in your reserve. you got to drink these flasks to regenerate that power. You have some in reserve. Instead of taking damage, you can just click the power button and you're like and shoot the thing away from you. So that's all you use your special powers for. You can use them on enemies at any given time, and it freezes them, and then you can pull out a gun and shoot them, which is kind of a nice little combo maneuver you can do. But when you're playing the game, like you, it's like one of those things. Like it depends on how you play. Like if I'm playing a Final Fantasy game, or I'm playing a whatever game, or, and and I've got this special thing, I just hang on to it the whole fucking game because I'm afraid of using it because I don't want to lose it, right? And that's how I played this game. Until it forced me to open up passageways. So I was always like, what if I get into a situation I can't open the fucking passageway? Um, that never happens, by the way, because you don't have to have any in the meter. But, you know, I always felt like I needed to have excess of that. And I didn't really probably use it as much as I probably could have and had fun with it. So my recommendation, if you play this game, be liberal with it. They give you lots of uh, ammo. Uh, you're never going to run out of ammo ever in this, this DLC. It was fun. The story was good. Closed everything up completely uh that whole we talked about that on the on the show um they were now they announced that's the end of ethan's story um highly recommend it it's great um it got mixed reviews because people were upset it was too short it you could tell like they kind of sped through some of it but you know three hours felt like four and a half five to me because i think some of the stressful situations you know like it kind of contorts time i enjoyed it a lot um re verse is the multiplayer aspect of Resident Evil. Um, it's interesting. It's it's a little jank. There's only two levels right now in it. There's only two maps. And 
Uh, you can earn coins from how you're playing, and and it's interest. What's interesting about it is is like the winner in these matches isn't determined by kill count. It's determined by a score, and the score you get is a culmination of multiple things. So if you get a kill streak and you hold it for a long time without dying, your score continuously bounces up. Right? Um, if you take out the leader in the map, you get way more points than taking out someone who doesn't have as many points or as or, or as high in standing, right? And then, like, I think if you do monster kills, because when you die, everybody starts as human in this game. You pick your character. You all start as human. You can't crouch. Uh, and you just kind of, you have two special powers, each of the characters. When you die, you can run around the map and pick up these... Uh, 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 what would they be called? Like they're not vaccines; they're the opposite of vaccines. Um, some sort of contamination canisters, right? They glow purple on the map as you run around. Is it supposed to be like the T virus? Or yeah, something? sure. Yeah, you pick up one of these, right? As you're a human, you pick one up. Okay, awesome. That how many of those you pick up before you get gunned down determines on the how big of a monster you turn into when you die. So there's like a mini game there that I thought was really interesting. So. Um, hmm. Yeah, really cool. I, I actually enjoy it quite a bit. The matches are only like four and a half minutes. They're on a timer. It's not like whoever hits a certain score. They're just on a timer. Whoever gets the most points comes out with the most coins at the end, and those coins can be exchanged for boons that you can apply to each of those individual characters that you pick before the beginning of a match. Like One will be like, you start with zero cooldown on your specials, you know, because when you use special, it exhausts, and then you got to wait a bit to your special. Like uh, Chris Redfield, I think. Uh, not Chris Redfield. Who's the other guy? Um, uh, who who's the uh, Leon Kennedy? Yeah, Leon Kennedy has like a spin kick is a special move. You click mm-hmm. it and he's like, Woo, he runs forward. He kind of does this kick, and if you hit people, it can fucking kill him. And then uh, one person has mines. Um, another person has pulls out. Leon Kennedy might have dual pistols uh, is a special, and it's just you use it and then it exhaust and then it builds back up so one of these boons is just like you start and they're and they're not they don't start exhausted you start with full another one is you can take more damage it's actually kind of fun i i wouldn't recommend it um if you have it definitely try it uh but i'm enjoying it and i'll probably dick around with it a little bit longer just because it's it's kind of fun to turn into the monsters you know what i mean um yeah you can be uh mr x i think uh that's always fun you, you can one of your specials you pull out the fucking uh fucking anti-tank weapon it's and you can blow people up it's really fun um but yeah i don't know i i think it, it is what it is but it's just a, i don't understand why it took so long for him to release this because it seems very kind of like a shell like there, there could be so much more to it um mm. but it seems pretty pretty cons- so you're saying you you can't you can't crouch yes i don't appreciate that Mm-mm. i think every game that's online. If you're yeah, controlling you an avatar, or if it's first person, you should be able to crouch and you should be able to jump, regardless of whether or not it's necessary for the game. You can do neither in this. You can't jump That's or crouch. Unacceptable. It feels it feels very heavy in that regard. Yeah, you feel like you're <laughs> underwater, but it is fun. It controls all right. Jake, what have you been playing? So I beat Deathloop. Yes. Uh, still, re- still really liked it. Um, the ending was the the way that they ended the story was kind of like meh. I didn't really enjoy the way that they ended the story, which was kind of a bummer. Um, there's a couple of different endings. I I I got the one that I got, and then I watched the other ones just to see what they were like. And 
they were just like fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I played a few hours of Hot Wheels, so I've been playing that. I I did like twenty ish races in the campaign. Yeah, wow, um, that's a lot more than I did. And then and then I did and then I played just this morning. Just to kill some time, I played a little bit of uh, a little bit of Destiny. Mm. I will say that um, something that has been pissing me off recently about, and I don't know if this is Xbox as well, but that PlayStation does is I have Destiny and Diablo Two both installed on my console. Yeah. Do you ever have this issue where if you haven't played a game for a while, it doesn't fucking automatically update the app? Like in yeah. Destiny and Diablo, yeah. both of those games, you have to have them updated or you can't play them. Right. So like I went to start Destiny and it was like, oh, you need an update file. And it's like, of course, it's like a gig. So I'm like, all right, well, I can't play this because it's updating. Right. I'll play Diablo 2. And I go to play Diablo 2 and it's like, you can't play this. You need an update file. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like why not – like if the game requires – like to me it's like – Maybe there's some default setting in the PS5 where it's Auto like updates. automatically keep games updated or you know there might be something in there where it's like if you haven't played it in a while don't update it or something like that. That might be possible. I'm too lazy to dig through the settings to find it. But like to me if the game actually requires you to have it updated yeah. to play it, it should by default bypass any restrictions and update when you're not using it. So that if you want to jump in, the whole reason I keep games installed is if because I get a random itch to play it, I want to just fucking jump in and play it. Right. I don't want to start it and it be like, oh, sorry, you got to wait two hours for this fucking update to download. And it's like, okay, well, then I guess I'm just not playing this game. And at that point, I might as well uninstall it and then just install it again the next time I want to fucking play it. I don't know. It's just to me, it's just irritating. And I'll be honest with you. I. I still think that Destiny probably has the, in my opinion, the best first-person shooting of any game. Oh, it's fantastic. However, uh, it I realized like how good the shooting in Deathloop is. It's really good, but I don't know if you like if you have this issue. But I I really struggle to jump from one first-person shooter to another because they all feel a little different. Yeah, they do. And I feel like I'm fucking un like like when I switch from one game to another, I instantly feel like I'm unable to play first person shooters again. It's so weird. Like you get this muscle memory once you've played a game for so long, and then you switch to another game, and it like the the acceleration of the look and all this stuff is slightly different, and it just totally breaks you. Mm. And I experienced that a little bit jumping from. Uh, Deathloop back into Destiny this morning, but don't really have much to say about uh, Destiny. I only played it for I don't know twenty minutes, so it was just to kind of kill some time. Yeah. All right. Well, let's do let's do some listener feedback here. We had mentioned on the last episode. Um. Well, you, I think you did mainly. We were talking about the Modern Warfare disc, right? And how it was just oh, a yeah. disc, essentially with access to the store um one black talon wrote in on youtube and he said jake's right about the xbox game disc just being the license for the game i had slow internet 
something bought. I don't know why this didn't copyright. Something about bought bought something Forza and Halo. Had to take my Xbox Series to a friend's parents to download the game. I've never had to do this for a PlayStation game. Um, well, here's the thing. I think it's both Xbox and PlayStation are doing this now. I think it's up to the developer and how they make their games. So, Well, it depends how big it is. If it won't fit – a lot of times like if it won't fit on a single disc, mm-hmm. they don't want to print it. They don't want to print two discs. Like Red Dead Redemption 2 I'm pretty sure was two Blu-rays. Yeah, it if was. You, it was. If you bought the physical version. Mm-hmm. So Modern Warfare – Dude, the Call of Duty games are notoriously fucking giant for no reason. So, like, the, I think, I think, what was the last one? World, no, not World War Two, the one before that. It might have even been the first Modern Warfare two or three years ago. Yeah, I honestly, I think don't when that know. game, when that game was fully updated, it was like two hundred and fifty gigs, which is fucking stupid. And and it's just like it's all just like copies of assets and all this mm-hmm. crazy crap that we shouldn't have to deal with on PS5 anymore yeah. but the PS4 version needs it and and it, they just kind of copy it over for PS5 mm-hmm. I did butcher I, that I don't comment know. he said sorry I pulled it up on the actual YouTube page. When I copied it into the notes, it didn't copyright it. It says, Jake's right about the Xbox game disc just being the license for the game. I had slow internet for both Forza and Halo. I had to take my Xbox Series X to a friend's parents to download the game. All right. That reads better. Sorry about that. One black talent. Yeah, and that 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 sounds right. But to me, it's like if you're not going to really I, – I, you had made the comment last week about you know Christmas gifts and things like that, and I understand. But it should be like if you're going to do that – Oh, I know what you mean. Like the presence of yeah, having like, it on a shelf. Like having a physical version like you can have – even if you have to download the and game. And like free advertising for the games. But for me, it should be like if you're going to do that then give me an actual fucking digital download code and don't make me put the fucking disc in my console. Exactly, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It's a digital version of the game anyway. Like a that one-time is so use download code with the game purchase, yeah. Yeah, and then you can ju- you can have the disc in the fucking thing on your shelf and you can be a collector or whatever. But the hell they won't do, do that it. because you know how many people would be like, hey, I'll just use the disc version. You take my download code and we can play together, right? You're essentially like giving away a free copy of the game in that. Because you don't know who's going to use but, it. That's true, but if they would just, you know, if they're going to, if so, here's the thing they they want to <laughs> get away from they want to get away from physical versions of games altogether. So it th- it makes no sense for them to do this bit from a business perspective. But all it would take is for them to serialize the discs, and then your digital download code would be tied to the fucking physical disc that you have. You just wouldn't have to stick it in the console. So if you, if I gave it to you and you stuck that disc in your console, the PSN would know that that disc had already been used. So, or now, granted, the, could they the, do the opposite the with the code? Um, they'd have to somehow link the code they give you to the disc. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's like I would almost even be okay with. Like and this would be totally fucking stupid too. But I would almost Pain be okay work. with like if the license was on the disc, and then whenever you in like attach the license to your PSN account, it fucking breaks the physical disc. Mm. So like you can't use it again. 
But like at that point, it's a big problem. It's just, yeah, dude. It's it's. I don't know. It's weird. I mean, it's a difficult it is what thing it to is. It is what it is. But to me, at this point, it's like like there was a lot of argument a couple years ago. But you remember how there were certain games? I don't remember what was doing this, but it might have been Horizon or God of War or something. Where they sold the steel book without the game in it. Oh yeah. Do you remember this? Yeah, I do remember this. Like you might as well just do that. Just sell a fucking steel book so you can put it on your shelf and then just put a digital download code in there. Well then then you run into the thing where people don't have internet, right? So that's the argument. But I guess if you that, don't have the internet you need the internet anyway. Right. You need the internet you need anyway it. with the fucking disc it. with so the license what, on it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the solution to this. I think they just need to Resign to the fact that you know. Um, I, I mean, either make it all digital yeah. or or release the game on disc, like actually release it on disc, an unpatched version. It might it's going to be janky as shit because everything has a day one patch now. But like, if if fucking Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two is two hundred gigs, then you put two or three Blu-rays in that fucking box. Right. Don't be releasing this physical version of the game with just a download code. Or on just do what I do when I release a vinyl record. You get the fucking vinyl record and you get a free download code that you can give to your friend. Use it yourself. I don't fucking care. You're taken care of. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And then it I just eat the money. Really I don't know matter. who gets that code. I can't imagine that. Of course, that that's like, like $20 versus $70, but still. But but if you think about it, how many people, if they bought a physical version of the game and got a digital download code, like how how much is that really going to hurt their business? Like how many people are actually just going to – is there going to be this grand conspiracy where a million people are going to buy fucking Call of Duty and then give away all of their a million free games? Codes? Yeah. <laughs> so there will be like a million games that weren't paid for? Like I guess it's possible. It is possible, especially I, with the it, internet, dude. People definitely would sell those codes for half price and make money on them. That's the big problem. You would have people yeah. going on eBay being like, Call of Duty code, $10. First, first taker, you know, and just getting money back, and essentially, they'd get the everyone would get the game at half off. <laughs> that would be the I best feel, scenario. I mean, I feel bad for this listener because we're in an area that can have spotty internet too. Yeah, but I almost feel like they just need to fucking cut the cord. Just I'm, and by the cord, I mean not the like listener, the phys- Sony, the physical and the Xbox, Sony yeah. and Xbox, and everybody just needs to say fuck it. We're doing the Steam thing. Everything is digital. If you can't download it, sorry. <laughs> and and I know that I yeah, know there, that sucks. there would be such a revolt, man. I know that sucks, but like the PC space has been that way for literally a decade, yeah, or more. You could like you can still technically buy a box for a PC game at the store, but it's just a download code or a Steam code. Yeah. So like, Dude. this is what it's gonna be. It's just we've been holding on. Consoles have been holding on for so long. We've been fighting it that I don't know. I, I mean, it sucks, but hopefully with this new fucking Biden infrastructure initiative that got passed or whatever, that they'll, they'll be getting better internet to some of these places that don't have very good internet. And, and I will say this, and I know this, this is going to be controversial and people are probably going to hate me for it. But if you have high speed internet available to you and you're complaining and you don't have high speed internet, but you're complaining because you can't download games. Do you understand what I mean? Like you have like fucking DSL when you could have cable. When you could buy it up. And you're buy up. 
Yeah, but you're not you're not paying for the high speed internet to be a part of this ecosystem. Yeah. That's kind of tough cookies because like this is a I, I like I, I'm sorry, but gaming is a fucking luxury hobby. It's an expensive hobby. It it just is what it is. I mean, no other platform are they like you know like for example, uh, you know for example I'm I'm really into riding uh riding motorcycles really? and taking my, no, taking my motorcycle to the, well like i'm really into taking my motorcycle to the track yeah right right, right. like no other hobby are are <coughs> like the people participating in it like thinking that the organization owes us anything right do you know what i mean like it's 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 like you you get into it knowing that it's expensive. You need disposable income to do this. It's something you like to do, right? It's it's not a utility. It's not a, a fucking. Well, uh, it's not a right. Arguably, you know though, I mean? utilities are fucking more expensive than gaming. So, well, but I know what you're there saying. Are but there? I mean, yeah. But <laughs> there are things. There are things like. The, the, the argument has been made. Yeah. The argument has been made that the internet should be like free, yeah. basically, because it's so necessary to live now. That like I don't disagree with that. Yeah, you almost can't. But but at the same time, if pow, if fucking electricity is not free, then the internet's not gonna right. Be free. It's never going to be free. You actually need electricity to live. You don't need the internet to live. You can still mail your checks in and do all this kind of shit in the modern day. Yeah, but, I mean, you, yeah, I could see someone writing like, well, I don't know, man. I, I live. I could live in a lean to if I wanted to the rest of my life. Well, you could, but in the modern day, in the modern world, yes, heat. You know, water. Yeah, we we pay a water bill every every month, you know, and you know it's just you got you got these bills. Um, but yeah, it does suck. It's it's a weird situation, but you know, I, I think but if he's one of the, but but I will say if he is one of these guys that lives like in some of the areas around me, um, where you know my road has cable, right? But if you take the dirt road that's off of my road, it's not available. You get nothing. You get fifty six k fucking dial up, yeah. or you get satellite internet. Right. That's and it. Those people. Those people. I sympathize with. Yeah. That sucks. There were some people. There's that, nothing you can. There were some people that. that I work with that had the option to telework and they couldn't because they couldn't meet this the standard required by the by the employer to work from home because they lived in you know BFE. And it was going to cost them thousands and thousands of dollars to have Verizon come out or Armstrong come out and lay fiber optic so they could work from home. And it's just like, house. Yeah. it's just like, well, I guess I'm stuck in the office, you know. And I feel bad for people like that. But yeah, I don't know, man. G- gaming hasn't done a bad job navigating. You know, back back to the general co- uh, conversation. I we haven't done a bad job navigating this, but. I think it could be better. I don't know what the answer is. I think the easy solution is give out a free download code with every physical copy, but then you're going to have people buying those up real fast and selling the download code for $10 less. No doubt about it. it. Just don't have a disc in there. Yeah. Just literally have just the fucking case, and inside of the back cover is printed a fucking download code. Yeah, but then you got people who don't have... have, Yeah, then you need... I don't know, man. I, I I think if it... All right, so... I, or or like or like we said, have the whole game on the disc. You have two options. Yeah. I just don't like this middle row yeah. where it's like, why am I paying for a fucking like physical eighty megabyte of this game when I have to go download it somewhere yeah. else? It doesn't make any sense. Right. It doesn't make sense. So they need to stop that shit now. So figure something out. Anyways, um, 
and then one quick FYI under this uh, feedback, fucking follow up on that. That kind of sprouted into some conversation. But one FYI, the Halloween video that I was so excited to to, to put on the website, um, played by Ken, notified me on like Tuesday that it wasn't on, it wasn't up. And I uploaded it, and I went back to my upload, and it had frozen at like fifty some percent on YouTube. The upload, and I was like, "What the fuck?" So then I re-uploaded it. I changed the title of the video, video just hoping that I could get a run because YouTube has this known issue where, like, sometimes if a download gets bricked halfway, um, you have to rechange the title which you want it to be. You change the file name. I tried all of that, and it still wasn't working. And, you know, this this file was really large. I mean, it was a long episode. And it was like, I don't know how many gigs. So I had to recompile the whole thing to get it uploaded. And eventually, I think it went up on Wednesday. So thanks for everyone for being patient for watching. You know, surprisingly, that YouTube video has has just as many views as the other episodes. So thanks for watching it. I'm sorry that it was late. It kind of broke our awesome streak of a Monday video for the last, I don't know how many months. But anyways, hopefully it didn't mess up anything with the YouTube algorithm. But Jake, enough about algorithms and all the stuff and all the corrections. We need to make good with the listeners a quick conversation about Hot Wheels Unleashed. This was the PS Essentials title we picked for the month of October. And uh, we were going to talk about it last episode, but we had our Halloween episode. So you and I need to have a quick conversation about this game. Hopefully some listeners played this one. It was fun. My general opinion of it was it felt to me like what a racing game, like a laid back. It's so nice to have a racing game that's not like a fucking sim game. I enjoyed that about it. I think the um, uh, the drifting in it works really well. I like how it builds up your meters, your turbo meter. And uh, one thing I really, really liked about it is it reminded me a lot of the Wipeout games and just the way it handles. And there's a track creation. There's everything you would want in this game it's got. Like, it literally has everything. It's got millions of different cars, right, which are actually based off of real Hot Wheels cars, which is awesome if you're a collector. Um, it has a point system that you earn credits to open new Hot Wheel cars that you don't know you're going to get. You can also purchase them with your own money if you want to. It has a track builder. It has online. It has a campaign. Um, and the racing's fun. So I, I don't have a problem at all with this game. I think it's a really good racing game. I think it's fun. Jake? Yeah, I really like it. I, I don't it's not it's not a type of game I'm gonna sit and play over and over like I'm gonna just I'm probably not gonna beat this game because it's just not something that I I really wanna sit down and play regularly anymore. Yeah. But I would have loved this as a kid. Oh yeah. And like especially I like I don't know if kids collect Hot Wheel cars anymore. But I think like a lot of I know <laughs> when I was a kid and like you know, when you were a kid, Hot Wheels were a big deal. Like, th- there were f- fucking so many of them. And the thing that I think is so cool about this game is that I don't know what kind of licensing was required for this, but they have, like, all of these classic Hot Wheel cars, like the TMNT party wagon. Yeah, did you recognize and, it like, and stuff? I don't have that Yeah. Yet. And, like, so so I got the TMNT party wagon, and it's cool. Like, <laughs> the thing that I love about it is that they made these cars actually look like Hot Wheels. They don't make them look like real cars. Right. They make them look like Hot Wheels. So when you look at the party wagon, it looks like the original fucking shitty Hot Wheels party wagon, and it looks like someone's played with it. Like, there's some scuffing on, like, the decals. Yeah, right. And it's like, awesome. It's 
it's so cool. And obviously I've been unlocking a lot of the newer Hot Wheels, which I don't really care so much about. But like there's a lot of ones that you unlock that are just, you know, like the old um, Batmobile and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Just just it's cool that they were able to get the licenses for all these Warner Brother IP and Warner Brothers IP and like uh, Ninja Turtles and not to mention all of like the regular cars. They have like actual real car versions of Hot Wheels and then they have right. all of like the freaky sci-fi cars that they come up with. Um like the like I was just like I just unlocked the the Jetsons car oh, where it's like cool. the the Jetsons fucking Hot Wheel car um for for those of you who Can you uh, get those in blind boxes or no? Yeah, that's where I got them. Oh, cool. So um for those of you that don't know, the Jetsons was a cartoon from the fucking what sixties. I don't I think? know. Yeah, sixties um, or seventies, and uh, <laughs> so it's it's. But it is really cool. I love like the racing is fun. I love the the whole like drift boost mechanic. I, I think that's something that was was pretty common in in like crash team racing yeah. or something I, I it's never just really such played. a simple mechanic I, I that's all you need it, it's it's really cool that it's like a kart racer but at the same time i love that you're like on rails a little bit yeah. so that you can't unless you're on a jump or something you can't like fly off of the track sometimes the jumps are the hardest part because you have to make it Street. back on the track yeah. And you can't just like, especially if it's a suspended track. If you if you miss it, you have to respawn yourself, and you lose like fucking all these places. It's um, it's a lot of fun to play. I really enjoy it. I unlocked like the first car I unlocked is the car that I use for every single race, and it's like this, it's like this Gucci themed fucking Cadillac <laughs> that just happens to have like the best stats. Yeah, right. So I just use that one for, and it's like this totally fucking gangster car that i'm just driving in all these races yeah the one the one the one negative that i will say about the game that i think a lot of racing games struggle with is i think that there's they have there's too big of a a uh a difficulty spike between easy and medium Okay. Like the game by default starts you on easy difficulty. That's just how the game comes in, which is strange. Usually like diff- like games will start you on medium or whatever or normal and then you can choose easy if you want to. Well, this game starts you on easy, which is fine. But like I'm playing easy mode and I'm just destroying everybody in all of these races. Yeah. Like literally almost lapping yeah, like I'm almost lapping the other fucking computer cars in in the in the campaign. And then I was like, okay, well I'll bump it up to medium. And I bump it up to medium and I'm getting like fucking last place wow. in these races. And so like I'm just Get good, now dude. maybe <laughs> I guess. I mean, maybe there's just maybe I mean I only tried a couple races and then I jumped back down to to easy cuz I was just like I want to just experience the game. I don't really care so much about the difficulty. And so I uh, but that said, I mean, that's just a hurdle that maybe I need to overcome. But other than that, I think the aesthetic of the game is really cool. I love that they they cater to, like, the the people that grew up with Hot Wheels. Yeah. Like, everything about it. They know from, their like, audience. The, the boxes and the cars and all the flames and the freaking track builder. And, you know, you can customize your basement and, like, all this stuff. It's... 
it's very unique. Now, I didn't mess around with like the track builder and all that. Kind Did of you stuff. play any didn't. online matches? No, you should, no, and I'll didn't. tell you why. Um, just mute your mic. No one. I, there was no voice chat when I played them. Um, yeah, there's like I think the biggest race I was in was like eleven cars. Dude, some of the fucking tracks that you get to race on online are like public created tracks, yeah. and they're insane. Like some of them are like so so fucking funny because you'll be rolling and like you'll hit like uh like the the magnet like there's like a section of track that can be a magnet and then like there'll be a break in it so it's like and it kind of bumps you up and then it'll suck you back down and bump you up on this one I was playing and like dude it was insane and there were some parts where there was like uh there'd be rail and then out of nowhere like the rail would just fucking disappear so everyone would start racing and like all 11 cars just go straight off the track just following one another <laughs> it's fucking insane and like as everyone was like learning those tracks you know you could see like the the positions of all the players just consistently change those yeah. matches are fun man and 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 like you know it it times out eventually if you can't finish the track it doesn't doesn't let you go too long and hold anybody up but some of those user created tracks dude are gnarly some are really fun too it's fun that's what's really cool that's what's really cool about it's like the perfect theme for a game like this is just chaos yeah like it's so it's so cool i played um so i've been like i said i've been playing a lot of the campaign mode and most of the races are pretty straightforward yeah but dude i did a couple of the boss races i don't know if you haven't done one yet but they're like five times as long is a regular race there are only three laps still but the laps are super long mm-hmm. and the tracks are just insane like they're difficult you have to learn them otherwise it's like you're talking about suddenly like like there'll be a there'll be like a fork in the road yeah and there'll be like a almost like a pinball swiper that'll go back and forth and if you're not paying attention and you hit the wrong side, you just go off the fucking track. Oh, man. And so – and like there's this one track where it was you – you're driving on the the track and then all of a sudden the uh, – I think you're like upside – it's like you're saying. I think you're upside down on like one of those maglev things mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you just drive off of the end of it into open air and you fall and your car like lands lands on the track above you but you have to because it's super arcadey like when you're in the air you can rotate your vehicle and stuff oh, i didn't even know and that so how do you learn- do that yeah so like with the left and right stick when the car is in the air you can actually turn it left and right okay. and roll it I left didn't know and right that. So like that's how whenever you go off some of those jumps, your car gets all cattywampus. You got straight. You can it out. correct it so that when you land, you can go right into a drift if there's a oh, corner right cool. there or whatever. So like when you have one of these tracks where it like fucking launches you off and you're like upside down and shit, you have to like use the sticks to correct your vehicle before mm. you land. Otherwise, you're upside down or backwards on the track, and you have to like correct it and keep going. And it can put you in a bad way if you're in a race. So it's uh it's cool like some of these tracks even in the campaign mode are super creative. Dude, I feel like it's really fun. Not to cut you off, but I feel like maybe we should cap this year off with like doing an online session for like 45 minutes to an hour with listeners for Hot Wheels Unleashed since it was a PS4 game. I think it was a PS4 game, wasn't it? That'd be fucking fun. I have no idea. To have like, you know, 5 to 8 listeners 
just we can all rip around on tracks together. That'd be really fucking fun. <laughs> I think. I don't know. Just <laughs> throwing it out there. Uh, at least the patrons, patrons, maybe we'll set something up if you guys are interested in doing that. Um, I'm at least down. I don't know, Jake, if you want to, but I would be willing to do that around the end of the year. All right, let's get into. So you would recommend Hot Wheels Unleashed, Jake? Yes, definitely. Right. Definitely. Especially if you're into arcade racer or kart racer type games, I think you'll love this game. Cool. And if you're into collecting things, that's like what this game is all about. You just get points and you uh, you buy these blind boxes and you just get fucking unlock cars and there's hundreds of cars. Yeah, it's awesome. It's, it's actually really cool. It's super cool. Yeah, I would as well. All right, let's get into the first news point. <clears throat> and fun enough, this is no, not a news point. We are going to take the PlayStation quiz. Now, the issue with this quiz is we do this every once in a while on the show. Jake and I usually get all right answers. But this is uh, – I believe these are all going to be related to God of War with the upcoming Ragnarok. So I, I'm not – I've played all of the God of War games except Ascension, I think. But I don't know if I'm going to be good at this. But uh, this is on Pushcore site. We're going to roll through these questions. There's 15 of them. Um, and maybe this will be a little telling of why Jake and I haven't been talking a whole lot about God of War because I, I, I so uh, I plan on playing God of War this week. It comes out. I do too. On I think Thursday or Friday. Mm-hmm. So um, I I I've been seeing pretty good things about it. So I intend to play it because I was actually thinking about jumping into a Plague Tale after. Oh I beat, my god! Yeah. After I beat a. Whatever the fuck I was playing, Deathloop. But I decided since it's so close, I'll never beat a Plague Tale before God of War comes out. So I think I'm going to jump into God of War. Yeah, I don't think I said on the games I was playing. I I beat Plague Tale. I beat it. Yeah, fantastic. All right, moving forward. All right, Jake. Question number uh, one. I've only fully played one God of War game, so this is not in my wheelhouse. Yeah, so it's going to be tough for both of us. Who was the original Greek God of War that Kratos kills in the first game? I think it's Ares. Mm, that makes sense. Correct. All right. At least we got one. Who was the final boss in God of War 2? Is it Hercules, Athena, Poseidon, or Zeus? It's not Hercules. I don't remember it being a woman. So I'm going to roll out Athena. Athena seems like an odd choice. I, I would. I don't think. I it's would Poseidon. say based on the picture. Zeus. Based on the picture, Zeus. I'm gonna go Zeus. Correct. Two for two. Good job. In God of War 2018, which of these PlayStation controller buttons recalls the Leviathan axe? Square, L1, R3, or triangle? Um, this is kind of bullshit because you can change the controls, but I think it's L1. Uh, is it L1? I thought it was triangle. Seems like a weird choice. I th- for such a- I thought it was triangle. I could be wrong. Well, we're going to give it to Jake cuz Jake is uh usually better at these. Correct. Ah, oh, thank God, dude. All right, 3 for 3. Which Titan is Kratos riding upon at the beginning of God of War 3? Is it Hyperion, Typhon, Atlas, or Gaia? I think it's Atlas. No, I don't think it is. Typhon. Jake? 
I have no input. Typh- the only thing I can tell you is that Typhon it's Gaia. is – Okay. I've, I've gone through three of the four now. I think it's Gaia. I'm going Gaia. I'm pretty sure it's Gaia. Yes! Mm. Had a last moment of reflection there. Um, we're four for four, bud. Question five of 15. How many God of War games were released on the PSP? One, two, three, or four. The only one I know is... I think there was, I think there was two. I'm pretty sure there was two. Let's do two. Correct. Oh my god, dude. <laughs> Five of fifteen correct. When does when does God of War Ascension take place in the God of War timeline? I have not played this game. It's either between God of War and God of War Two. It takes place in an alternate timeline. It's before the original God of War or after God of War Three. I bet you it's before the original God of War. I was gonna say it's probably a prequel. With the title like Ascension, let's go before God of War. Correct. They were fucking killing this. In God of War 3, what weapon does Kratos use to kill Hercules? Namian Cestus, the Sword of Olympus, the Claws of Hades, or the Blades of Exile? God of War 3. Um, I know Blades of Exile was a thing then. Claws of Hades was a thing then um, in that game. I don't know that the Sword of Olympus, that doesn't sound right. And I don't even know what Namian Cestus is. The Blades of Exile. I bet you it's the Blades of Exile. Your guess is it's all you, man. I have no idea. Incorrect. It's the Namian Cestus. <laughs> oh, that one. That's right. Whatever that is. Yeah. <laughs> Question 8 of 15. Kratos appears in PSP title Soul Calibur Broken Destiny as a guest character. How tall is he according to the game's character profiles? Oh, yeah, I know this one. Is he 6'6", 5'10", 7 feet, or 6'2"? I think it's the the biggest one. 7 feet? Yeah. Correct. Wow. Jake, good job. I mean, I didn't play that game, but I I just made a good guess based on the fact that, uh, you know... He's supposed to be huge. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, what what's the name of Kratos's daughter? Is it Faye, Pandora, Calliope, or Calliope? Calliope. 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 Yeah, whatever the fuck that is. Or Lysandra. It's Calliope because there's <laughs> – I don't know if you remember that out. meme of him like fucking screaming Calliope in, in like the – What did I say? Calliope? In the early game. <laughs> Calliope. Break Calliope. Calliope. That's a different type of fruit. Yeah. Calliope is correct. Good job, Jake. In God of War 2018, dwarven blacksmiths Brock and Sindri have a special power. What is it? They can't be killed by mortal weapons. They can bring the dead back to life as animals. They can shift between realms at will, or they can transform stone into water. I believe it's they can shift between realms at will. That sounds right, yeah. Correct. All right, which of these God of War games has the highest average critic score on Metacritic? Is it God of War 3, PS4, which is the remastered version, God of War 2 on PS2, God of War 2018 on PS4, or God of War 3 on PS3? Probably God of War 2018, right? I'm pretty sure that's correct, yes. Correct. Question 12 of 15. We've only missed one so far, which is insane to me. Uh, A God of War mobile game was released in 2007. Jake, this game took place... 
before God of War 2. What was this mobile game called? Is it God of War Betrayal, God of War Fate Breaker, God of War Bloodlust, or God of War Vengeance? Dude. I have no idea. I didn't even know there was a God of War mobile It game. looks awful. It looks... Um, I'm going to go Bloodlust. No, I'm going to go Vengeance. Vengeance sounds good. Nope. Betrayal. Fuck. That's too wrong. God of War Saga. A PS3 collection of five God of War titles only ever released in which region? Asia, North America, South America, or Europe? Wasn't North America, I don't think. You sure about that? Usually whenever something something is released. Five titles? I had the God of War collection, and that was not this. A lot of time. Well, I don't. I mean, I don't remember it, but well, let's go North America. Released. Let's do it because Push Square is a, I believe, a European site. So mm-hmm. it would make sense that they would ask this question if it weren't them. And it's definitely not South America or just Asia. So let's go North America. Correct. All right. Question fourteen to fifteen. What was the working title for the original God of War game? Greek Tragedy. Dark Odyssey, Chaos Blade, or Gods and Men? I don't know. Probably Gods and Men. Nope. A lot of times these names, though, are like, they're not so on the nose. Dark Odyssey. I got it wrong. That's three. You picked Gods and Men? Yeah. Hey, at what event was God of War 2018 officially announced? Was it E3 2016, E3 2017, the PlayStation Experience 2015, or the PlayStation Experience 2016? Mm. It released in 2018, so no way was it E3 2017. Right. So I I even think that E3 2016 might be too soon. PlayStation Experience um, 2015. Was it announced? I don't remember. I mean, I'm. it's been so long since we've had one of these showcases that now they all just kind of blend together. What time of year does E3 take place? I can't remember. June. I'm going to go PlayStation Experience 2015. You good with that? Sure. No, I'm going to go E3 2016. Okay. Yes! Got it. Well, folks, we missed three questions. We got a 12 of 15. And Push Square, it says, God of Lore. You're a God of War expert. Even Kratos would be proud. Well, thanks, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed that quiz. Let's get back to the show. So the next news point... And I wonder how our listeners would have done on that. Um, we spoke briefly about Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 earlier, Jake. And it was released, as I'm sure everybody's aware. And this version of Call of Duty had more accumulative pre-orders and day one sales than any other Call of Duty on the PlayStation Network. Um, and the game currently has a 9 out of 10 on Steam, an 8 out of 10 on IGN, and an overall Metacritic of 78. Um, one of the negative reviews on Metacritic I read was the campaign was awesome, but 
I don't know how I feel like just more of the same bullshit for online. So the only reason I play these games is for the fucking campaign. So the campaign must be awesome. Um, I kind of want to play it, to be honest. And then in related news, Phil Spencer indicated that so long as there is a PlayStation, Call of Duty will release on it. That's his word. Nothing in writing, but that's what he has said. Do you trust him? What do you feel about all this Call of Duty stuff? Um, I mean, my understanding is also that that most of people's issues with the new Modern Warfare are just like, finally, people are just like, yeah, it's Call of Duty. Well, they gave Warzone so, like, away for free, so if you want your fix, just yeah, do that. I don't, I don't know. I mean. I am excited that the campaign is good. Yeah. Whether or not I'll actually play it is a different story. I haven't played – I probably haven't played the last – I think the last campaign I played was Advanced Warfare. Oh, Jesus. It's been a long time. So, yeah, I haven't played one in a long time. I, I mean I, I wanted to play the first Modern Warfare. Yeah, when it came the, out on PS5. Yeah, a couple years ago. But – I never got around to same it. here. I don't know. My my problem is that all it, like like you, all I care about is the campaign, and it's just those games never depreciate in price. I mean, even even like two years later, fucking Modern Warfare is forty dollars on the store. And yeah. It's just like I'm not paying forty dollars. You know to what play they a five hour campaign? You know what would be a really smart move? Now I don't. What developer made the Modern Warfare that you're talking about that came out with the PS5? Who did that one? I can't remember. Help me. You're talking. You're talking about the. Uh, I think that was Infinity Ward. Who did this one? Same company. So what they need to do is release just the campaigns one and two. No online feat. No online anything for people like us, and sell it for fucking forty dollars. Yeah, I mean, I get it, but they have no reason to. Well, they get forty dollars from people- me. <laughs> Because most people, most people are gonna buy it for the multiplayer, and so, and the people that are gonna buy it for the campaign, they put so much money in these campaigns. Though. though they put so much money into the spectacle of these, and this writing, and the acting, and the scripts, and the settings. I, th- and- I, I think the issue, the issue with it that you might be overlooking a little bit is that I think that for one of these games the campaign is like 70% of the development cost so if they were to release just the campaign it would still be like $50 you know what I mean I hear you so but people weren't buying it for the campaign which is weird so that's the juxtaposition is like they put all their Development costs, the majority of them, they put all – sink all of their time into developing these campaigns. But people don't fucking give a shit about that and they – you know, which I – and then they give away free online uh, Call of Duty, whatever I said earlier it's called. I forget what it's called now. Warzone. Warzone. They give that shit away for free. It's like they have to know people aren't buying these games for the campaigns. So – now they have these beautiful campaigns that probably I'd like to see the data on how many people actually finish the campaign that buy these games. Mm. I would love to see that. And then once they realize, oh shit, you know, it's not even getting any love, 
Um, except for maybe in the reviews because they ha- the reviewers have to play the campaign because they have to have to write about it. You know, like then they're like, man, we put all this time into this shit. Let's just release these things for people who want that. Like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, mean, once, I, and it, I don't know. And it would be cool if you didn't have to download all those fucking multiplayer assets and shit too. Yeah. And, ha- and you could have like a smaller smaller game installer. I think that uh, once – you know, once Xbox or Microsoft buys them up, obviously all of the games will be on Game Pass. So, if you have Game Pass, you'll be able to play all the campaigns without having to buy the full fucking game. But uh, until you know, there's some form of Game Pass on PlayStation, you're still kind of you're probably just going to be stuck paying full price for this. Especially after Microsoft owns them, they have no reason to try and sell you the campaign for less. Right. But I, I would be curious, like. How many people don't buy Call of Duty because they only want the campaign? I'd be curious to know what those numbers are. Well, you and me. You and I are are in that group. But how many other people are? Like, I think even if they sold it for 40 bucks, they'd probably get quite a few people buying it that weren't going to buy it otherwise. Right, and what they. It's like, okay, you, you could buy it for 40 bucks, and then if you want the multiplayer, you can upgrade. You know, pay thirty more dollars and get the the upgraded version or whatever. Yeah, but I agree. I think that's I don't know. It's probably difficult it. for them to. It's probably difficult for them to program that program that and separate them and everything too. So I don't know. It's it's kind of interesting. It's though. it's an interesting thing we could dive into more later. All right, moving forward, Remedy Entertainment has given some follow ups on five projects. Is it Remedy Entertainment? I think it is. They've been working on with a recent earnings brief. So we know currently they're working on two titles in the Control series. Both are in concept, proof of concept stages. They're also working on Max Payne 1 and Max Payne 2, both remakes. And they're being developed in partnership with Rockstar Games, which makes sense because Rockstar did Max Payne 3. And they're working on Alan Wake 2 which is on track still for a 2023 release date. So with this news point, I think it's safe to assume that all we're going to get of all these mentioned releases, um, we only really have Alan Wake 2 to look forward to next year. Um, I don't think these Max Payne games are coming out anytime soon, and I don't think the Control follow-up games are coming next year. So this is like an earnings brief. They had to talk about it. Yeah, it it depends on how like they've split their team up and how big their team is. I mean, maybe they can develop in tandem like somebody like Insomniac can do, but it's kind of a kind of a tricky thing to split your resources like that. Yeah. I will say just kind of as a sidebar for this comment is that Alan Wake 2 was Alan Wake the original was dangerously close to making my list last week for horror games. It, it is really good. So I have heard that like if you play the new version, the remastered version on PlayStation, it does feel a little bit clunky, but the game did come out forever ago. Yeah. So I am still curious about Alan Wake 2 and pretty excited for it to come out, to be honest. Very good. All right, let's move on with our news, how we do. And I'm writing down the time code here, so I pause. Um, as a follow-up, to our news discussion last week, and this comes way of Push Square. Um, Naughty Dog has been jointly, secretly working on a title with Sony's newest studio, which is the PSS Visual Arts. 
Bloomberg posted last year that this visual arts studio or visual arts wanted to do an Uncharted remake. And then the priorities got shifted around. They didn't do it. Recently, there was a job listing in San Diego that indicated the position would involve co-developing an exciting new project with Naughty Dog in a beloved franchise. We can only speculate what this means. Are we getting the Uncharted uh, 1 remake that you even said might be something that could be working on that you wouldn't be objected to maybe having? Um you know, or is this a new, a brand new Uncharted game, possibly? I really doubt it's a Last of Us game. Um, could it be that they're teaming up on factions together? Finish putting the final touches on factions? I don't know. My guess is that it's either, it's most likely Uncharted, but. If it's not Uncharted, it's not going to be The Last of Us. I just don't believe that. The only other thing that it could be that I'm thinking of is it could be Jack and Daxter. A new Jack. Cause, or even a remake of the original. Mm. Because Activision, I think, <coughs> owns me. Crash Bandicoot. So I don't think that uh, they could do anything like that and make it a Sony exclusive. But... I could see them if it's not Uncharted doing uh, Jack and Daxter because people have for some reason been calling for that game to come back. So um, I would love to see a remake of the first – at least the first Uncharted game. But I mean this could even be Uncharted 5, whatever that is. So I don't know. But I'm curious to see what this means. It's going to be a while before we know anything about it. What but. was the – man, I am completely got brain fog this morning. What was the first Uncharted game called? Was it – Drake Drake's Fortune. Thank you. Jesus. I kept thinking it was Honor Among Thieves. That's two? Or that's none of them? Uh, that's two. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Anyways. I digress. Sorry. You were talking. I was like having a complete brain brain meltdown there trying to figure out what the hell was that game called? Um, the next one moving forward is speaking of Naughty Dog, The Last of Us HBO series appears to be releasing way sooner than we expected. We knew it was going to be 2023 first quarter, but they've outed and they said the release date is January 15th. So that's going to be coming right around the bend here. Um, two months, really. We're going to have that, which is wild. The Last of Us show. Yeah, the TV series. January 15th. It's pretty uh, pretty interesting. I'll be excited to give that a spin and see how it works out. Yeah, I, I'm sure we're going to be talking about it for sure as well on the show. Um, I would imagine. Uh, I, I, I don't know if we should – maybe we can do like a, a patron-exclusive spoiler discussion on that series when it's over. That might be fun because it's not really directly about video games. You know what I mean? I don't know. I'm just yeah, sure. chewing the fat on that. All right. Embracer Group. You guys know that they recently took a lot of Square Enix properties. Um, they, uh, they closed Montreal Studio after acquiring it from Square Enix and rebranding it as Onama. 
Onama. Not to be confused with Eidos Montreal, who also had a shifting in plans. This comes way of Jason Schreiber, Schreier at uh, uh, Bloomberg. Um, he indicates that they are working on a new Deus Ex title, um, but it's still in very, very early development. So they closed down a studio, and then they shifted the direction of Eidos Montreal to now work on a new Deus Ex title. This was all hmm. Embracer's big wang flinging around. Um, closing down stuff. That's it's kind of in the nature of uh, <clears throat> video game development and developers. A lot of studios get shut down when they get bought out or they get repurposed, you know? Sure. I don't know. I don't really have any opinions about that, but I did like the Deus Ex titles. I've played them all. Mankind Divided was fun. The boss fights were just not, I don't know. There, there were some issues with it in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's get back to the God of War Ragnarok talk real quick, Jake. Um, we don't have this game. We Our listeners know we don't get review codes. Uh, we only ever had one review code ever, and it was for this Vita game called Haunt the House. And uh, it was awesome to get a free game and get to talk about it. It was super cool. The game was cool too. It was cool. It was different. I mean it was very – it was indie for sure. It was a fun game. But uh, God of War Ragnarok has been getting absolutely killer – Killer reviews, and I haven't read any of them. I'm just seeing the scores pop up, and I'm seeing YouTube videos where it's like, uh, where like the thumbnail is like, Sony does it again, you know, destroying Xbox. Xbox has no freaking, you know, original exclusives that can even come close. So I'm really annoyed though. Um, if you're if you like to pay attention to video game news and video games are is your hobby, uh, and and you're trying to uh, you know stay dark on these things, I mean, is there no is there no uh, common courtesy like like do we do we need a review for God of War a week before it fucking comes out with video footage and all this shit? Like no, no, we don't. And I'm not going to watch it. And it's so fucking annoying that, like, I get that this is, like, the game of games that everybody's been waiting for. It's been teased for, you know, a year now. I get it. But come on. Like, this is so unnecessary. Like, and and it becomes with all these review companies and all these video game journalists. Like, they want to be the fucking first one to get the thing out the door, right? And it's just, like, I've been bombarded on YouTube, on Twitter, on pretty much everywhere with all of this God of War Ragnarok review shit. And I have to constantly like not look and click out of things because shit's just popping up everywhere now. And it's annoying. Any opinions on this, Jake? Ben Stiller is in a comedy commercial for the title also. I don't know if you saw I, that. It's funny. Yeah, with like LeBron James <laughs> and John Travolta. And, yeah, I did see that. Um, I... I don't really care about it. I think that I think that it's it it inspires confidence in the game if they're really willing to lift the embargo that early. Because they, if the game was bad, they wouldn't do that. I understand your annoyance with the the kind of just constant bombardment of material that's been thrown that's thrown your way between then and now 
but it's all marketing. They're just trying to get the game to sell more and more copies, which I can understand from a business standpoint. I do wish that they had a little bit better control over the way that spoilers are broadcast on the internet. Um, maybe they need to kind of start throwing around some cease and desists and shit like that on certain kinds of content being leaked. But uh, and leaked is not the right word. But um, I don't know. I I I don't really care too much about it. But at the same time, I don't really live on the internet, so I I never see. I I haven't seen anything about God of War other than one clip on Instagram that was like essentially just like God of War five out of five or whatever. Yeah, right. And that was it. The accolades trailer. Like that was literally the. That was like literally the only thing I've seen about about it but again i don't i can understand if it, if you're someone that's on twitter all the time and facebook and youtube and everything this shit especially if you're in the space the algorithm is just gonna feed you content oh, on it's it. everywhere and it's it's really frustrating i would i would put up with this every day of the week if it meant that there could be something done about the spoiler content like in in the leaks and shit mm-hmm. like that. It's one thing to have you know a bunch of videos put online of like people reviewing the game and saying that it's good. It's another that that aren't spoiling it. It's another thing to have fucking you know all these leaks just like feeding your uh, your algorithm where like the thumbnails are literally spoilers like, for the game. Yeah, like a boss or, or something. Whatever just, you know what I mean. Uh... Where you, you don't even have to click on it. Just the thumbnail ruins the game for you. Like, there's just so much that shit happens. Like, and, uh, you know, what really irritated me recently about this was what irritates me more is when, like, companies and sites that should know better spoil things in media way sooner than they should because they think that, oh, you know, you mean, what do you mean you haven't? Like for example, like the, the the thing that kind of was really driving me insane recently was um, the the most recent season of Stranger Things. Okay, so that came out. I'm not going to spoil it, but like literally less than three weeks after the season came out, Nerdist, you know the Nerdist. Uh, yeah, I've heard of it. Company, yeah. right? It's Chris Hardwick's company. They do all kinds of yeah. shit about like The Walking Dead. They do like they're known for their spoiler discussions and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So like they're like they're literally like their posts on Facebook are just straight up like spoilers and talk and it. But it's all like this click. This like this content fucking shit where it's like you know. Another reason why we wish that so and so didn't die, and it's like okay, well I hadn't watched the fucking yeah, show yet. Fucking I didn't assholes. know that person was gonna yeah. die. You know what I mean? And it's like, come on, you know, it's one thing for like, it's one thing for you know these black hats to go around and and leak shit and try and be malicious. I mean, that's always gonna happen. There's nothing we can do about that. But when like like actual organizations and review companies and stuff are fucking spoiling it for people because they expect that oh what do you mean you haven't played it in the first month that it came out to me it's like i don't even want to tell people what happened in the last of us and that game came out 10 years ago yeah it's like I, you should be able to experience that yourself i 
Uh, yeah, I, I don't really have anything else to say about it. I, I haven't had anything that I'm aware of get spoiled for me for God of War Ragnarok. I just, I hate having to juke every time I get on the internet. Like, whoa, well, there should dodge be- that one. Whoa, 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 whoa. You know, like, I feel like I'm doing that. Um, when I log into my our YouTube channel, because it's just like we're well, a gaming should, channel, and it's just like yeah. nonstop. There should be there should be a filter. I mean, uh, YouTube is Google is one hundred percent smart enough to do this, but you should be able to like turn off certain things. Yeah. Like for example, in my phone, I have. I get I get notifications for hockey scores because okay. I'm a big hockey fan. But I have the notifications for any scores relating to the Pittsburgh Penguins turned off. So that like the games aren't spoiled for yeah, me. Yeah. That makes and, sense. And like Google just knows to do that. Like they can read like, oh, this score is for a Penguins game. Don't don't push that to him because he doesn't want it. Like you should be able to do that for things like God of War or TV shows or other video games or whatever. Like I, I, I think that that would be a big, a big favor for the user base. Now, granted, I can under also understand why why someone like YouTube wouldn't want to do that because it would fuck up the algorithm and, and then advertisements, and, and, yeah, right, and ad revenue and money streams and all that kind of shit. So, but at the same time, it would be it would be very user friendly. To allow you to be able to turn off any sort of content for a particular topic. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know either. Let's get on to the next one. Um, We're going kind of long on the podcast here today. PlayStation Plus apparently lost 2 million subscribers in the last three months. So in the last quarter, their subscriber count was down by 2 million. It's indicated on Push Square that the peak plus subscribers that they've ever had was in 2021 at 48 million users. Mm. Most recent reports have them at 45.4 million subscribers. So despite the losses in user base, they've actually earned more money. And this is probably due to users buying up to like the next level, right? Paying a little more. Um, I don't know if this is even relevant. I would say that what's more likely than that is that this is because of COVID. People were stuck in their houses. Everybody bought PlayStations. Everybody like subscribed to uh, PS Plus. And then in the last year or so was really when everything fully opened up. And ju- and just now like everybody's subscriptions, their their year subscription that they paid for is like running out. Because like in 2021, there was still there was still quite a few places and things locked down. There was still stuff that you couldn't do and places you couldn't go, and yeah. so it really wouldn't surprise me if some of this is probably like you're saying is like people buying up for like the newer tiers or whatever. But I think that probably more likely is that this is just the tail end of the surge from COVID. Well, yeah, There's that and of- and let's be honest. Uh, you know, you got to look at the free games they've been announcing lately and giving out. They they haven't been amazing. They've been all right. Hot Wheels Unleashed was probably like one of the better ones we've gotten recently. But yeah. inflation, not the greatest economical situation 
right now in the country sure. and in the world. So, yeah, um, it all kind of jives. It all kind of makes sense. Let's get on to the beef of the podcast real quick. I want to talk about PlayStation VR 2 and the price that was announced. Jake, uh, I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel like I can say I almost called it. Um, I think I predicted 500 and uh, but I, but I did mention, I think, that when they announced the DualSense Edge was going to be $200, I said, I'm very curious to see what the PSVR is going to cost. So Sony has announced that the price in the USA for the PSVR 2 is going to be $549.99. Barrier of entry. Cost of entry. Though, and that comes with the unit, stereo headphones, probably not big ones, probably just like buds, and two of the... Uh, to the controllers. controllers yeah. yeah. So those who signed up for an opportunity to pre-order this hardware may have received an email like I did. The pre-order invite uh, is going to say that I can join this event on 11-15 and this event apparently ends early morning on the 18th of November. So November 15th, mm-hmm. I will have an opportunity to pre-order the PSVR 2 for $550 plus sales tax, which will be another $30. So we're looking at $580 out the door and then shipping if I have to pay for shipping. So close to 600 um, for just the unit and uh, not the PS5, which I already have. Jake, we need yeah. to talk about the price point. And, and I've seen things online where people have done the whole equation with inflation, right? When the PSVR was released, um, with the, what the dollar was worth compared to when this was released, what the dollar's worth. They're saying that this is actually cheaper than the original PSVR if you take inflation into account. Um, you look at what it's coming with with all the outward-facing cameras, the uh, the room tracking, all that stuff. I read somewhere that you got to have a space that's six foot six by six foot six to use or something, um, which seems like a really big space. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's necessary. It's probably at least uh, encouraged. I, I I don't know that I hate the price point, but I don't know that I love it. And and I also I definitely don't love it. But I I definitely think that this is, is fuck man. Like it's gonna be tough as for a day one purchase for a couple reasons. How many people right now in today's state of economy have $550 to put towards a headset that does not come with any backwards compatibility? So if you're a PSVR owner, you don't know that it's even going to work with any of that shit because they've already come out and said there's no backwards compatibility, which means you're going to have to buy a game, right? So you're definitely in $600 if you're doing this from day one. A lot of people don't have that. So we know what happened when the Vita released. How much did that thing cost when it came out? It was pretty fucking pricey. And it just – they quit supporting it because there weren't enough users for it. So my concern is is this thing's going to be fucking awesome like the Vita and they're just going to quit supporting it down the road because the, the barrier of entry is fine but the timing's not right with inflation in, in the economy right now. Yeah, I think that the the price is – more than I was 
hoping for, but it's not entirely unexpected because it's the same price as the console. So, you know, it's that's pretty much on par with what they did with the VR, the first VR. And remember too, they said, you know, they may say that like the headset is cheaper with in, accounting for inflation, but this also comes with the sense controllers. Yeah, we didn't get controllers. The original VR did not come with any controllers. And I guarantee you, if it's anything like the dual sense that came with the PS5, those two fucking controllers probably have better technology than any other VR controller on the market. Not to mention <laughs> how good the headset itself is. So I don't disagree I'm not gonna with say, you. I'm not going to sit here and say that it that it definitely should cost that much or it shouldn't cost that much. But I'm just saying that you know if it doesn't like people are going to complain about this because people complain about everything. Mm-hmm. But if it doesn't sell, it's going to be solely because the Quest Two is fucking three hundred and fifty dollars or four hundred dollars or whatever the hell it is. And you don't need a PS5 to play it. So I don't know. It'll be curious because, like you said, I think the timing is the problem. We're at a really weird time right now where we're in the midst of a recession and people really don't know what's going to happen over the next year or two, especially going into the next presidential election in the United States in a couple years. So it's going to be pretty interesting to see – what happens with this? I, I'm still in on day one. I'm going to buy it. I'll find the money somewhere. I, you know, I'll, I'll sell something if I have to. Fuck, I don't care. I'll sell my PSVR one. Well, that's what I, I was thinking I'd like too. To keep, I'd like to keep it just as a collector item. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not going to ever use it again. But it would be nice to have just like I have this complete box that's the PSVR one just to like have it. But uh, people may be interested in buying one of those when this comes out just because it's in the, the VR is in the zeitgeist yeah. and they might not be able to afford a VR two. So I don't know. Um, I did not get an email like you did, but I just went on the website and signed up for it, mm. signed up for the pre-order notification. And it's, it still said for me, November 15th or whatever. So yeah. I don't think that I really missed out on anything, but, uh, yeah, I'll be, uh, I'll be definitely trying to get a pre-order in on one of these. Do you th- it sounds like based on what they announced as far as their their hopefully their launch volume, I should be able to get one, I hope. And that's another thing I was going to bring up. Do you think there's going to be a blitz to the gate to buy these because the availability for the PlayStation 5 was so shitty? Do you think like that we're going to see a lot of scalpers, we're going to see a lot of people just buying these fucking things up just to do it? Oh yeah. There's they're definitely going to get scalped. 100%. Unless uh, unless you know, PlayStation Direct, I think is pretty good about stopping scalpers. Um, these websites just have to prevent use like like captcha and stuff like that to prevent robots from buying these things. If they can do that, then even if it is a scalper, at least everyone's on the same playing field as far as getting their pre order in. So I'm I'm okay with that as long as these websites are preventing scalpers from using robots to buy these these parts. Then, then it's fine. Everybody's on the same playing field. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's fine. Well, real quick, I want to talk about all the PSVR two confirmed games. We're not going to talk about them. I'm going to go through the um, list. So as you're going through that, I got to run to the bathroom. Real that's quick. fine. All right. So the list of the PSVR two games that have been confirmed, but not necessarily coming out on release day, 
We have After the Fall, which I believe is a is a first person shooter. Cities VR Enhanced Edition, which was announced recently. It's kind of like a Sim City, but in VR. I think that's the kind of style of game that I'm most interested in right now with VR, I like the platformy things. Cosmonius High, Crossfire Sierra Squad, first person shooter. Demio, which I've talked about, which is like a Hero Quest board game kind of thing. Do not open. Firewall Ultra, which is a kind of a rebuilding of uh Firewall. Um, and uh, I think, yeah, 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 yeah. And then Ghostbusters, Rise of the Ghost Lord, Hello Neighbor, Search and Rescue, Horizon, Call of the Mountain, Jurassic World Aftermath Collection, Lo-Fi, NFL Pro Era, Pistol Whip, Resident Evil 4, which is a big selling point for me, Resident Evil Village, big selling point for me, Runner, no idea what that is, Star Wars Tales from the, Tales from the Galaxy's Edge, which is already currently out, but not obviously available for VR on the PlayStation, but it will be. Swordsman VR, Tentacular, the Dark Pictures Switchback VR, which is a follow-up to the uh, Rush of Blood, the Light Brigade, the Walking Dead Saints and Sinners Chapter 2 Retribution, and Zenith The Last City. Of those games, launch titles. So day one, day one purchasers of VR 2 should be able to play Cities VR Enhanced Edition, Horizon Call of the Mountain, and Swordsman VR. Those are the only confirmed launch titles for the VR two. Um, they better. F- I have to. Im- I, I was. Just, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, I was just going to say. I have to. I have to imagine that there's going to be more than that at launch. I think it's just that they're probably going to have some VR blowout at some point in the next month or so, and it'll have maybe know, ten or fifteen games. Yeah. On it it's always something. tricky releasing so, anyway. a new new hardware, but the one that I'm the, the the two or three that I'm really excited about, Jake, was Resident Evil Four, Resident Evil Village, in VR, and then also the, uh, uh, well, Demio is going to be good, and then and then whatever that uh, the Rush of Blood follow up by, uh, oh yeah, whatever they're called, um, the Dark Pictures Switchback or whatever, yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Super Massive is doing that one, so that'll be cool. I, I really enjoyed Russia. Still, still no fucking Half-Life Alex announcement. I, I hope that they do have like this blowout and it just like, is the headliner. Oh, by the show. way, day one release, Half-Life Alex VR2. Yeah, that'd be dope as fuck. And Here's a bundle you can purchase. It would be worth my five yeah, It would never be a bundle, <laughs> but yeah, that would be awesome. All right, well, that's enough talk about the VR2. I, I agree with the price. I don't like the timing. Ultimately, I, I think it's still a day one for me as well if I can get my hands on it. I uh, I really enjoyed the VR system, and I played a lot of it. I think Wipeout is a highly underrated VR game, and uh, as was Race the Sun, which is really fucking fun in VR. So I just I just hope that this thing doesn't crash and burn because of the price. And and I think the more the headset itself got really good reviews so far, but on the backside, a lot of these journalists are being like whoa this is gonna fucking tank this thing right this is gonna tank vr for sony this is such a bad move the price is too high when they're fighting the quest all the things that we brought up the timing isn't right but we don't know that and uh the only way the thing's gonna succeed is if you're interested in this thing and you want it and you can afford it is you just fucking get it you know what i mean like and i I mean you do what you want to do with your money but 
if if you want this to be a thing for Sony moving forward and you're all in in the VR space and you want to do it on the PlayStation, uh, you got to support their, pro- their their products. So, um, you know, just something to think about. I, I think that's probably why I'm going to go in on it. Well, I think I mean obviously I have I have the disposable income to be able to buy one. Right. Otherwise, don't 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 live beyond your means. Don't fucking take out a <laughs> loan to buy a PSVR two. Like it's that's stupid. <laughs> but like thirty five percent interest. Yeah, I think what's going to happen hopefully is that this will come out, and there will be a lot of companies like uh, like Digital Foundry and shit doing side-by-sides with the quest 2 yeah. and it'll just be like look the psvr is just way better period yeah and if that's the case then people can kind of swallow the extra price point a little bit easier because that was the thing about the htc vive and i know you played one because your my brother-in-law has one mm-hmm. and uh that like that's the thing is that people always talked about how expensive it was but like everybody that has one that also played a psvr original psvr they're like look I get that it's twice as much money, but the HTC Vive is literally more than twice as good. Yeah. So, like, you're paying for what you get a little bit. And Sony's been kind of doubling down on the premium thing recently, so I'm not trying to make excuses for them. I'm just saying that I can kind of understand this price point. I, they, they could definitely not go higher than this. It, that this is the maximum they can charge for this thing is the price of the console for it to succeed correct for it to succeed but yeah i i'm a little bit bummed like you but it is something that i'm still going to be willing to pay for yeah. i think 500 would have been way easier to digest for me that extra 50 yeah. bucks for whatever reason just almost feels like a breaking point for me it's weird because like they they've never really had a like a like a 50 dollar increment price point for hardware right. that i know of yeah i'm sure maybe it has happened but everything is usually like on the hundred yeah all right let's move on jacob play tell requiem news this is awesome and i've been a really big advocate for this game and uh, i think every one of our listeners needs to play it and uh it, i think you'll really enjoy it it's it's now um been reported that there's over one million players in just one week for this game um, it, this this is honestly probably Jake one of my favorite games I've played since I've gotten the PS5. Uh, nice, it's so good, it's so incredibly good, and that's all I have to say about it. I, I don't know if it was a matter of it being just that amazing, or it hit me in the right time, or it was the kind of game I needed to play at the time. Didn't realize it, but it, it checked a lot of boxes for me, and uh, not once did I regret purchasing that game. So, FYI, over one million players. That's great for that studio. Moving on. And Jake, I am curious for you to play that game because I'd be curious to hear your take on it. Um, the Chant, which I've been very vocal about the trailer and how awesome it looks and how it's coming out. Push Square only gave it a 5 out of 10. And I tend to agree with a lot of their reviews over there. I, I mean, just in general. I don't know who actually reviewed this game. But they're like, yeah, just very mediocre. Not really. Mm, that's a bummer. Yeah, not really fantastic so i'm going to walk back my excitement a little bit publicly on the podcast about this game um i was really interested in it and uh we'll wait till that one goes on sale to probably give it a try if i'm interested in a in a scary game so just a little note on that and then uh next news point here the callisto protocol is getting amazing amazing videos 
right now about horror and how to make horror and setting in horror. All these things. And they talk about how brute, brutal this game is with the developers. And uh, this game looks – Jake, I'm starting to join you on my excitement for this fucking game. It looks so rad. And, and the, hearing them talk about this game is getting me hyped up for it. Yeah. And you guys should go to the PlayStation blog. I think they have some videos over there. And they're not short videos. They're like 20-minute videos of them just deep diving into like what makes a game scary. The liberties that they had, like the things that they wanted to do for this game to really make it feel visceral and like like capture all the things, right? And I've seen some things floating around headlines saying, you know, the Clistal Protocol is not a Dead Space clone. So it's going to be its own fucking thing, which is awesome. Um, That's cool. Yeah. So good news on Callisto Protocol. Uh, if you want to follow up a little bit on it, I know we just got done talking about spoilers and all that shit and – the video that I watched didn't seem to be very spoilery. Uh, it was just really kind of a nice conversation with the with the team, and they, they did intersect different video content and stuff during those interviews. Um, let's move on to the next point because, man, this is another long podcast. We had a lot to talk about. Um, the very early Witcher trilogy that was announced by CD, uh, CD Projekt Red um, has now claimed a new director. Sebastian Kalemba, former lead animator of Witcher 3 and Cyberpunk 2077, has now been given the role of the game director for the new trilogy moving forward. And additionally, in really fucking shitty news, Henry Cavill, Geralt, for the Witcher series, announced he is not going to be returning to Netflix uh, Witcher series for season four. And it has since been outed and in, in found out that it, it was mainly due to the direction of the show veering way off the path of the source content and mm. the role will be taken on by Liam Hemsworth who's Chris Hemsworth's brother um, and this is just a fucking tragedy I'm not saying that Liam isn't going to be great at it but Henry's heart was in this series and it seemed like they were battling it out as far as staying true to the world of the witcher um and season three probably is going to be even a little more far off the beaten path so a lot of witcher fans are really pissed off about this rightfully so granted we haven't seen season three yet but if the fucking main actor for Geralt, who's no no loss of love for the witcher franchise like he was a fan before he went into it is leaving this probably really lucrative position Saying, listen, I can't do this to the franchise. I'm I'm gonna respectfully bow out. You guys take it whatever direction you want to, but I can't be a part of this. That's fucking tragic, man. Like, mm. how often do we get producers and directors that do this kind of shit with good properties and they just want to think they can make it better? I don't know. I'm done. End of rant. Jake? They should just if it's I don't understand like I understand they want to just like fucking wring this thing dry, but I don't know why like I wish more shows would do – they would do just like a limited run and just be done. Like I, a lot of times when they change shit for shows, mm. it's because it's either hard to do in live action or they want it to run forever. So they change the story to give you more avenues to tell more stories. There's like seven kind of fucking stuff. books or something. I mean like they don't need to change anything. I I get that, but it's just like, <laughs> why not just decide? Okay, we're gonna do a few different seasons, three or four seasons. Yeah, it's gonna follow the source content, and then it's just gonna be done. 
Yeah. Like, that's what they did with Stranger Things. They're like, okay, after season five, it's fucking done. Yeah. Period. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, then it has the chance of closing off and being good. Let it be what it is. Right. Rather than, like, Game of Thrones. Or Walking Dead. Yeah, Game of Thrones or Walking Dead, who both, both, uh, you know, famously veered off of the source content so that they could make it like 10, 12 million seasons long. And then by the end, everybody fucking hates it. Yeah. Everybody hates the end of Game of Thrones. I have not talked to a single person who watched the end of that show and was like, yeah, it's good. Best ending ever. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So, so like, why do that? Even the why not just like. It. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I get it. They're still making money on it or whatever, and they make money on the bad press even. But it's just, it's unfortunate. Yeah. Well, I've got he was he was good as Geralt. Fantastic. Sure. Yeah. Roach. Yeah. Anyways, um, last news point, man, and listeners again getting quite a freaking bargain. Uh, if you guys want to subscribe to us on Patreon, please. It's one dollar a month. Uh, this is going to be another long show for you. Um, Last news point, Bungie – this is actually really interesting and hilarious. This is actually hilarious to me. Um, Bungie (laughs) announced concerns that a lot of PlayStation 5 users are playing the PS4 version of Destiny 2 on their PS5. And uh, this is absolutely hilarious because they didn't make it fucking easy to figure out what game you were playing, right? And we've said for a long time, if you got a PS5 and you can get the PS5 version – don't give us the option to play the PS4 version. Like, just get rid of it. Like, make it invisible to us. I don't understand why. Like, this is one of those aspects that Microsoft is just so much better than Sony on. Their smart delivery system where, like, it just knows what console you're on and gives you that version of the <laughs> Plug game. and play, dude. But I think that Sony's issue is that some games have issues transferring saves. <laughs> so, like, they can't just give you the fucking PS5 version if when you import your save, it breaks. Uh, so, like, they have to make the PS4 version available as well, which is really, really unfortunate. And to be – just so everybody knows, the, the PS5 version of Destiny 2 is so much better than the PS4 version. Oh, so it's amazing. So if you're amazing. on PS5 playing the PS4 version, you're fucking fucking up. Just download the PS5 version. Make sure it says – the icon right beside it says PS5. When you look at it on your console. Yeah. If it says PS4, it's wrong. Yeah. And Jake, I have a new list of games. We did not do a game list last episode. Um, and there's nothing on here. I'm looking at them now. The games that came out this past week. The chant would, would have been the one I would have talked about. Um, I don't see anything that jumps out at all for last week's list of games. So I'm going to put the new list of games on here now. Um, new games coming out this week are... I think I saw. I think I saw Shatter, the remastered Shatter on there. That might be for the last only week. One. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Um, new games this week: Cobra Kai Two, Dojo's Rising, Return to Monkey Island. This is the eighth of November. Sonic Frontiers, which I think people are pretty excited about. Um, Yum Yum Cookstar, November 9th, God of War Ragnarok, and uh, unsurprisingly, one game is going to try to compete with it: Super Woden GP. Um, good luck to you. Uh, that's all I gotta say. Uh, November tenth, Kaiju Wars, Police Simulator, Patrol Officers. Interesting. Um, and then November eleventh, Atari Fifty, the Anniversary Celebration, Save Room, and Tactics Ogre Reborn. November eleventh. That'll be a fun one. 
maybe. Yeah. So those are the two standouts. Obviously, God of War. Um, maybe some, three. Uh, Return of Monkey Island might actually not be bad either. So a couple good games. Return of Monkey Island on PS5, Sonic Frontiers, God of War Ragnarok, and I would say Tactics Ogre Reborn are the ones that nice. I would say look into. Not a bad release week. So, Jake, that's all I've got. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know what we do about the length of our show. We try to keep it around an hour. What do you think? Uh, or should we rush through our shows so we can be done sooner? Or are you content if there's shit to talk about, just talk about it? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't want to try and force it shorter. I mean, the only thing that I would say that maybe we, we might start doing is just to axe some of the less interesting news points. Yeah. Like, if we're not then really going to spend a lot of time talking about it. Proofread it before a know, show, then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I probably need to put a little bit more effort in. But, uh,. <laughs> Yeah, it, it that that would be the only thing. I mean, so, you know, if we start doing that and I know we don't honestly even right now we don't cover every single news No, not even there. close. So, if there's something that we don't talk about that you guys are interested in hearing us comment on, feel free to write in about it and we'll be sure to talk about it on the next show cuz um you know, we have to uh being the busy people that we are, you know, we have to squeeze the show in every week and we love doing it, but, um, it sometimes can be a little bit challenging to get everything in the time frame that we need to. So, uh, I don't know. I guess that's all I have to say about that. Yeah. Really. I mean, yeah. And, and uh, yeah, by no means don't take this as us complaining. I just, you know, I know that when we finish here, the, the show's almost two hours long. I got to compile the video. I've got to upload everything to, I got to upload the stuff to Patreon, I gotta upload the shit to Acast to, to put it on the uh, our essentially our distributor for all the different podcast locations, and then I've got to write up the synopsis a little bit, do the timestamps. So there's a lot. There's a lot I gotta do. And granted, this is our. We didn't start recording until Sunday morning this morning, so we could have done it earlier. I would have had all week weekend to do it, but it just didn't work out that way. But yeah, I don't know. I, I like our show the way it is. Uh, it just happened to be a heavy news. Newsweek, I think, honestly, you know, I think there was a lot of shit, especially with the VR2, um, you know, the Call of Duty stuff and uh, the Naughty Dog shit. I, I mean, there was a lot. The God of War Ragnarok stuff, you know, I don't know. There was a lot. But uh, anywho, that's all we've got for today on uh, episode 248 of PS This Is Awesome, a PlayStation podcast. You guys can tune in every week on your preferred streaming platform. So make sure you find us, subscribe to us, tell us how much you love us, and don't forget to get your gaming in. So, like the Callisto Protocol, Cobra Kai 2 Dojo's Rising, and Call of, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, P.S., yes. this is awesome. This is awesome.